Well, good afternoon. And thank you for coming today. On behalf of Lawrence and his entire family, we just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule and on a beautiful Saturday afternoon to come and share this experience of worship and mourning for Sandra. This is going to be kind of a different message or a different service today because clearly um, Sandra didn't want a funeral. And we're not giving her a funeral. We're giving her a memorial service. And we're celebrating today with Sandra because we know exactly where she's at today. We're doing our best to imagine what she's doing. We don't know exactly what she's doing. I got I to gotta imagine Sandra is at the feet of Jesus. That's where she spent most of her time. And she's probably talking to all those angels that she often saw. And uh, so, this, so today is a time of celebration as much as a time of sorrow and mourning. And it is important to recognize that it's, we have to say goodbye, but it's a short goodbye. And uh, the family needs to know that you love them and you support them, and we certainly do. And uh, we are uh, today sharing the pain of separation. At the same time, we're celebrating the joy of a new life. So today you will find that this service may be a little bit different. We're going to spend quite a bit of time worshiping, actually. Um, Sandra loved to worship, and she loved the Word. And so we're going to emphasize those things today. So later in the service, we're going to sing a number of worship songs, and we're going to invite you to stand and worship the Lord as you can or as you would. Um, we like to worship the Lord with lots of expression. It's a good thing. We even have flags that we worship with at times. And, and it's a good thing to worship with flags. And it's a good thing to let the Lord know that we really do worship him because he really is worthy of it, isn't he? Yeah, amen. He is. Let's pray. And let's just invite the presence of the Lord with us today. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. And we certainly do invite your presence here this morning, Holy Spirit. You are an awesome God. And you are an awesome Father. You are an awesome friend. And you are an awesome advocate. And we just celebrate the life today of Sandra Bergman. And we are asking you, Jesus, to be here today in a special way. Be here to comfort Lawrence and Alan and Wayne and all of the kids and grandchildren and all those foster kids that are here today as well. And for all those others that Sandra touched in a special way, just comfort us today as we go through this service and as we celebrate. And we invite your presence and we give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to read the obituary of Sandra. Then after that, we're going to have one of Sandra's grandchildren come up and read a passage out of Proverbs 31. Sandra Donaldson Bergman, beloved wife, mother, and grandmother, died June 15, 2017, after a courageous battle with lung cancer. Sandra was born May 1, 1943, in Ellsworth, Michigan, to the late Levi and Beatrice Smalley Donaldson. Sandra grew up in a household of 10 siblings and attended Ellsworth High School. She lived in Charlevoix most of her life. She worked for the Friedman Art Craft Company for eight years, then started a foster care home where more than 225 children were provided a loving environment and nurtured on God's word. Sandra was extremely active in her faith and attended Center Point Assembly of God for over 40 years. She developed the Play Cafe program at the church to assist underprivileged young moms with a safe place for their children to play. 
Sandra generously provided thousands of cookies and snacks to the church, her family, and anyone in need. Her specialty was molasses cookies. Sandra is survived by her husband, Lawrence, of 57 years, on June 18th. Children Alan and Cinda of Lansing, Wayne and Krista of Peoria, Illinois, and Melissa Travis Ogden of Boyne City. Brothers Joel and Lily, Terry, Ron, Luann, Luann and, sister Nan and sister Nancy, Wren, Hallie. Grand grandchildren Stephanie, Dylan, Katie, Jordan, Nick, and Tiffany. Alexandria, Drew, Carly, Tyler, Alex, Abby, Cody, and Hazel. Great-grandchildren Lillian, Azalee, Warwick, Blaze, and Alaric, Alaric, oh man, sister-in-law Alice Donaldson, brothers-in-law Warren Frank, William and Helen Stevens, and Dermot Poley, many nieces and nephews. Sandra was preceded in death by an infant son, Larry, brothers Jackie, Alan, Jimmy, and sisters Gwen, Donna, and Barb. In lieu of flowers, the donations may, would may be, may be made to Mom and Tot's program of, and good, of Good Samaritan Family Services in Ellsworth, Northern Michigan Hospice, or Georgia House. And in fact, out in the, uh, in the foyer on the round table are some envelopes. If you would like to take one, you'd be more than happy to put a donation in one of those and, and either hand them to the church or mail them in, and that would be much appreciated. Arrangements were by Hastings Funeral Home in Ellsworth. At this time, I'd like to invite Stephanie to come up and read Proverbs 31. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She will seeketh wool, flax, and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships, she bringeth food from afar. She rises while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She considers a field, and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strengthen her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good, her candle goes not out by night. She lays her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hands to the poor, and she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid for the snow of her household, for her household, her household are all clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates where he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, and deliver girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well on the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excel them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates.
Amen. At this time, we're going to have uh, a few family members or so that would like to speak. And then after this, we're going to have an open mic. And we're going to ask those that would like to, to uh, come and share. But before we, before we do that, can I just ask, if you were a foster child of Sanders, if you were one of those 225 or so, and if you're here, would you stand up so we could see and recognize you this morning? Amen. Yeah, amen. And while those are still standing, while those are still standing, if Sandra has in some way impacted you, either as a neighbor or as someone that really fed into your life, would you stand up and be honored and let us honor you this morning? Amen. We figured most of the church would stand up. <laughs> Give yourself an applause. Amen. Yes. Yeah, at this time, we're going to ask Wayne to come up, and um, he's going to uh, share. And then um, if you are, have something in your heart, um, be prepared. And what we're going to ask you to do is come up to the microphone up here and uh, share a, a, a word that Sandra, how she's blessed you, and we'll just uh, and go from there. Wayne? Good morning. Oh, there's quite a few people here. So many people knew my mom, and so many respected my mom, and there were so many people that loved my mom. And you may know what my mom did, but you may not know the why of why my mom did what she did for so many people. So I thought today I might just touch on the why. But in order to do that, I've got to go back a generation. I've got to go back to my mother's mother, my grandmother. You see, my mother grew up watching my grandmother do things like feed and shelter the hobos that came down the track into Ellsworth. She never looked at their clothes. She never looked at their dirty faces. She just took care of them. The book of James, chapter 2, verse 9, says, But if you show favoritism, you're in sin. And you're convicted by the law of the lawbreakers. And my mom often used this phrase that my grandmother used to use. Actually, she used it a lot. My mother would say, it's just what you ought to be doing. That's it. Treat every person you meet as if they were the most important person in your life. You should show them kindness and respect. My mother never looked at people for what they had or who they were. She always looked at people on how God saw them and tried to treat them as such. And I believe the bigger why, or the other why is even bigger, I'm sorry. I believe that my mom would tell us to know Jesus not to know of Jesus, but have a relationship with him as a friend, as a Lord. James 2 says, you believe that there is one God. And then it says, well, good. Good for you. Because even the demons believe that. 
and they shudder. Knowing of Jesus isn't enough. You need to build a relationship. You need to read your Bible. You need to pray. You need to talk to Jesus simply because he is listening all the time. You can't have a relationship with somebody you don't talk to. You can't have a relationship with somebody you don't spend time with. You can't have a relationship with somebody if you're not willing to put in a little bit of time. Now, as a family, we're mourning the loss of my mother. She won't be here anymore to talk to, to call, to pray with. But that's okay. Because as a family, we rejoice in the knowledge that she is in heaven. On June 15th, at 9.27 in the morning, my mom took her last breath. However, at 9.27 and one second, she was in the arms of Jesus. She was praising the Lord. She was doing whatever they do in the throne of heaven. I don't know. Praising Jesus. It's amazing, according to the Bible. So I believe that the real message of my mom's legacy is to love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And I believe this is what she would want for all of us to have in our lives, is the relationship that she had with Jesus. Thanks. Now, I know it's difficult, and I know that every one of these family members has lots to say about their grandmother or their mom, but it's hard. And so um, they will share privately with you throughout the day, I'm sure. Uh, at this time, we'd like to open a mic. And I'm sure there's a few here that would like to get up and say a few words about Sandra and maybe what Sandra's done for you. So if you would, if you were interested, would you just, uh, I know it takes the first one to kind of break the ice. I knew Michael would do it. Just go stand over here, and you can kind of form a line over here, and we'll just take the next few minutes, and we'll just remember Sandra. Um, Sandra was a, a, a Christian woman that believed in the gift of hospitality. When I first started coming to church here a few years back, I met her. Strange woman, I thought. Um, she was very talkative like myself. Um, then I began to learn about her gifts and her gifts of hospitality. Every morning you would come in here on Sunday morning and there would be spreads of homemade food. And she truly breathed and, and, and lived that gift of hospitality, among many other things. Um, uh, her gift to me was I have a friend I never told her this, so I hope she's okay. I have a friend of mine who's my best friend. He's 83 years old. He and I meet every morning in Petoskey. And every Monday morning, I would take him a plate of goodies from here. And Sandy said, where are you going with all that stuff? And I said, well, I got this friend of mine over in Petoskey who's closed in. He, he can't get out. So she started making special 
This is the kind of woman she was. She started making special plates of treats for this guy, and I never had the heart to tell her because that's where her heart was. So I celebrate her life today, and this brother hit it on the nose. She took her final breath here, and she took her first breath in heaven. So we'll celebrate that, brother. Amen. Amen. You know, while you're coming, let me just tell you, too, and I should, I'm making a confession in front of my wife here, um, because Sandra, well, I, made, I, I, I noticed, or she noticed, that when she would make peanut butter cookies, uh, I would always go for the ones that were a little bit more done, a little bit browner on the edges, because I liked them a little crispy, and she noticed that. And so she would start then making some extra crispy just for me. And she would actually say, I'm going to put them, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised to come in sometime during the week and on my, on my table or on my office, on my desk, there'd be a couple, a plate with two or three extra crispy um, peanut butter cookies. Now, I didn't tell my wife that because um, she's trying to keep me stop eating from those things. But uh, Sandra did an awesome job and she made them just perfect. Anyone else? Amen. Come on, Angel. It's good. We're just a family here now, so don't be nervous. We're just family. Sometimes that doesn't help. I get a little bit nervous anyway. Sandra was a very uh, amazing, wonderful lady. And I mean, she was a lady. I've, I've only known Sandra to the depth that, I've known, that I know her maybe the last 10 or 11 years. And I spent quite a bit of time with Sandra. She um, would come back into the clothing closet. We have a clothing closet back here where we distribute free clothing. And she would come back there to help me. And we would sit and talk really quite intimately in sharing our needs and our burdens and stuff and uh, praying for people and praying for one another. And even with other women that would come in there to help, we would pray together and laugh together and just have a great time. She had such a heart about her for people, and especially for uh, young, single women. She ministered to so many, so many. I can't begin to tell you. We used to go to uh, Mums and Tots. That's one of the places where they've asked to donate. She used to make cookies by the dozens to take over there for the single mothers. And I'd go with her over there, and we'd go there for Bible studies over to Ellsworth and just different things that I did with Sandra. But she touched my heart in so many ways. In one way, they talk about this cookie thing. Sandra did make cookies every single Sunday for two years at least. She, her, she and Lawrence provided cookies, and they paid for all of this. And she didn't stop with cookies she had all kinds of little treats for us every Sunday morning. And she still did right up until, the, before she got sick, and, or to the degree that we knew how serious it was, she had made cookies ahead to make sure that we were all taken care of while she was trying to recover. For two months ahead, we still had cookies without Sandra. She had them in her freezer waiting for us. And she was always looking out for somebody else. And especially these young women, they, they alluded to the fact that she had the um, play cafe. Uh, after we worked in the closet for a long time, she started play cafe. And that was a lot of work because it was setting up, taking down. We did it every time, every time we had it. And she would have 
the young ladies come in and minister to them in whatever way, bring speakers in, and she would feed those ladies and just whatever needed, she was there for them. And I, I, I especially have to thank her because she, she reached out to, I have a granddaughter that's a single parent. She has three small children at the time, and um, Sandra reached out to them over and over and over and over again. I can't even tell you the number of times she reached out to my daughter or my granddaughter and her children right up until she died. And um, she made things for them. She'd done little things for them. One time she even went to their kindergarten graduation. Her and Lawrence came to the kindergarten graduation and had little treats for them. And just she went to the school one time to pick them up for us because we couldn't get them and she took them home and she gave them boxes of cereal and just all kinds of ways and I just I just love Sandra I'm going to miss her a whole lot as I know a lot of you are but um, she was just a dear friend I could call and we could pray and um, I knew that she was there and I'm going to miss her a whole lot but I know where she's at, and that gives me comfort because I know she's with Jesus. And I know, like Pastor said, he could picture her worshiping at Jesus' feet with the angels around. She would sit here in the congregation, and she would see angels. Now, that might seem strange to some <laughs> of you. It wasn't just Sandra. That was normal for her to see angels all around her. And she'd say to the congregation, don't you see them? Can't you see those angels here? And I really believe she saw angels. I know she did. Yeah. And I can picture her at the foot of Jesus right now. And she's probably looking down here at us. And she's looking at knowing her friends and her loved ones and her family are here. And uh, all she's wanting for us is that we will find and make the place where she has made home, our home, to be with Jesus. And I, I'm just... I say, Sandra, you beat me there, but I'm coming, and it's <laughs> not very far off. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, that's good. Come on. Yeah, I can remember Lawrence would often come up to me after service and say, my ribs are sore, because Sandra kept rib ripping the ribs and say, don't you see them? Don't you see the angels up there? I can't think of anybody uh, more than them that made such a positive impact on my life as they did so many other people. Uh, they had an open door to anybody in need. Um, they showed me kindness, patience, guidance, and uh, I would have known how to be a father to my own children hadn't I learned so many valuable lessons um, with the time that I stayed there. I'm really, I didn't prepare anything, so I'm not really sure what to say, but uh, I'm really going to miss her, and uh, I'm really glad that I got to be here and uh, on her. Thank you. seen you in a long time. That's our fault. But I want you to know we love you and we love Sandy. 
You know, as Christians, one of the things uh, we need to do is, in our life, have transparency. And we have a duty to one another to keep each other honest. Sandy did that for me. As a matter of fact, she did it so well that sometimes when we'd see her and we knew we were going to be talking to her, I'd start, oh man, what did I mess up this week? <laughs> what is she going to ask about? And, and you know, at, at, in first meeting Sandy, I kind of took exception to some of the conversations. I'm a pastor. What is she asking me these questions for? But as time went along and the more I got to know Lawrence and Sandy, I found out that she wasn't questioning my faith. She was trying to make me a better person and a better pastor. And I thank her for that. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't know if I'd be able to talk or not. Um, seeing Sandra was always like um, seeing a running buddy because she ran. She ran so fast and so well after the Lord's heart. And it always encouraged me to run hard and fast after the Lord's heart more than I had before. And I always thought she had pushed me to my fullest ability to do that. And then I'd see her again, and I'd want it more. I'd want to run faster, and I'd want to run harder. And um, she ran with the full armor of God so that she could resist when the devil when the times were evil. And she stood firm. She buckled the belt of truth around her waist, and she put on the breastplate of righteousness. She strapped up her feet in readiness with the good news of peace. And above all, she took up the shield of faith, which was action. It was muscle. It was spiritual muscle that she exercised. And she was able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And she took the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And she knew God. And she knew his word, and she rarely divided that word. And she prayed in Holy Spirit on every occasion with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, let's keep alert with perseverance and supplication. And let's, let's all pray for each other. Because it's going to take all of us praying for each other to make up for Sandra not being here to pray for each other. Thank you. Amen. I love you, Sandra. Sandra and I first met at the Charlevoix community pool, and we were both butt naked. We swam together uh, three times a week, and we did as much trying to solve the world's problems as we did swimming. And as you can see with the world around us, we didn't do a red-hot job on solving the world's problems, but we did have a wonderful fellowship together. And she taught me things that I thought I never wanted to know. So I really appreciated my friendship with her. 
Sandra and Lawrence and uh, their commitment to youth. And uh, I work for the court system, done, done that for 30 years. I've known Sandra and Lawrence many of those years. In fact, I had many conversations with Sandy, and I mean many, and she would be on her treadmill in the mornings. She would, we would be talking to each other, and she'd be on her treadmill. And uh, I don't know how many of you ever experienced this with her, but I knew if I, if I heard coming out of her mouth, well, you know, Dave, well, you know, anything, you know, well, you know, I knew I was going to get some insight. And uh, she had a lot of insight. And I, um, when I think of a faithful servant, I think of Sandy. And uh, all that she spoke into those kids' lives. And we placed a lot of difficult youth. Not difficult youth, but they were in a difficult situation. And they needed to be brought out of that. And uh, she spoke into their lives. And she changed a lot of kids. And on behalf of Judge Mahalzer and the court staff, we're grateful for her life. Thank you. I'm Chris Way, and I've had the privilege of knowing Sandra uh, and worshiping with her here probably 30-some years. But it wasn't until the last 10 that I really saw the depth of that woman. As I see each Sunday, she and Lawrence, and, and I never say Sandra without Lawrence. It's always Sandra and Lawrence. It was, it was always Sandra and Lawrence. And so as we started attending here, in their row, they'd have two or three kids. And I witnessed and watched that for a couple years. We've been here the last 10 years. And finally, when I got brave enough, I said, Sandra, I want to come over to your house because I want to see how you do this. Because no man, man or woman take children into their homes and put all that time and energy and money and effort into those kids. I want to come to your house and I want to see how you do this. So I basically invited myself to her home. And I want to tell you about what I saw in that home. I saw Sandra and Lawrence operating in their gifts. I saw the spiritual agreement between the two of them when little words were spoken even after they had raised their own family and their own grandkids, they were still investing in people, in children. And I had some of these children in the school system, so I could see them in and out of that home, and I would ask them about, well, what's it like, and what do you do, and how is it going? So I got to see both ends. So when Sandra and Lawrence finally allowed, or invited us into their home, I was excited to see what could this be. And as you walk into the home, it's very plain. There's no fanciness. There's no apology for the plainness of it. But there is a presence there that will overcome you. And as we sat and ate of home, 
homemade cookies and she had some vegetables for me and I had a little venison for Mike to try and just a variety of things that took effort and preparation on her part. I could appreciate already what home they had. And she took us around the home and it was very practical and it had what everybody needed, a great place to sleep, a place to refresh, friends, a place to talk and chat, time for prayer. Down in the basement there were places and things for the kids to do and a treadmill and another kitchen and outside there was a deck and a fireplace and you could tell in just a short visit that a lot was accomplished at Sandra and Lawrence's. And I think the lesson for us is we don't have to be the biggest or the best, but we just have to share what God has given us. Thank you, Sandra and Lawrence, for living your gifts. I told Mike I wasn't sure I could get up and talk at all today, but um, just a couple things about my mom. Um, you hear everyone talk about the, the discipline and really the boundaries, and you know, thank you for Facebook these days that we can share some of those things, but that, that system that we hear so much about and that tough love, um, I think it was probably 15 years ago here, and Mike, you may have even been the pastor I don't remember, but I remember the message. And, and the message basically went, there's, there's two types of people, two types of Christians, and um, one of those uh, types is a, a thermometer. And we've all heard thermometers tell the temperature. And as people talk about what's going on and what's going on in their lives, you know, this is bad or this is good and this is happening, and, and basically they just display what's happening around them. The, the second type of person is a thermostat. And that's really what my mom was. She set the temperature. And she didn't let the world affect her. She decided what was going to happen. She ran the house that way. She ran her life that way. And that's just how she lived. And uh, the kids that are here can tell you, my brother and I can tell you, the first day that one of those new foster kids would walk into their house. They were scared to death of my dad. The second day, <laughs> so uh, she was definitely the force to be reckoned with, but um, the one that provided the guardrails. And if you had a chance to read the Facebook, you know, she was the guardrails for so many people. And you know, those guardrails, they take some wicked, some wicked hits. Uh, my brother and I weren't the easiest kids, I'm sure, and many of the ones that were in there weren't either. But she never bent, she never buckled. She was always that thermostat, and you never, you never had to question what she was going to say or what her boundaries were. Um, they tell stories of me when I was a kid, and, and they are true. 
when I would do something that I knew was outside of those boundaries, much like Mike shared, and my dad will verify, there were times that I would go and say, Mom, Dad, if I were to do this, what would the punishment be? And sometimes it was worth that to do what I decided to do. But there was a never a question in the house. There was never, it, it was just that, that thermostat. And any of you that have been around her know that, that that was as stable of an environment. And I think that's um, where the kids and the people that know her well and know her heart well, there was never a question. She knew, she set that temperature and that's how she lived her life. So I'm gonna miss her for sure, um, but uh, she changed a lot of lives and left an incredible legacy here. stepping up because I think everybody in this room so clearly could and I really want to honor Lawrence and whoever all his family here because um, you were blessed to have Sandra I didn't know her as long as many of you I think about four years um, she really honored me with telling me we are kindred spirits and I think a lot of that is because of our son Moses back there in the wheelchair who has cerebral palsy and Sandra just had a special, really great love for Moses. And you all talk about the angels, and she would always talk about the angels being all around Moses. Um, and she actually said, Moses is an angel. And like many of you, she baked him so many cookies and bread. And, uh, and I think she was quite aware that Rick ate quite a few of those cookies and bread that, uh, that she baked for Moses. Um, I know one of the things I love that you got to do there in the last couple of years was that cute little sports car. And Sandra would drive by. We live uptown. And she'd have that scarf on. And uh, you guys would be tooling through town. And I just loved seeing that. And um, I dearly loved the way the young lady back here, everything you said, all the quotes you gave, were just so dead on for what I saw in Sandra. And we were blessed to see her about a week um, before she went home. And uh, also deeply honored when you came to our house for prayer. Um, so I just want to say to all of you that, like everyone else, we loved her. And she was everything and more than what you said. All right, well, maybe take one or two more if there are any more. This has been really good. Thank you for sharing. It's really good for the family to hear this, by the way, just so you know. You're doing a lot of good by sharing when you share things like this. All right, well, thank you so much for sharing and uh, sharing your heart, and I'm sure you'll have things to say after after we're done and uh, when we're having fellowship next door. But at this time, we'd like to take a little bit less. This is where we're going to get into the worship time. We have three or four songs we're going to sing, and we would invite you to stand with us. 
and worship as Jackie and her team lead us in a few songs of worship. And let's just celebrate Jesus. Come and blow over me. 
Amen. You may be seated. What a great song, huh? 
Can you just not see Sandra there telling the saints all her stories? Wow. I feel bad for him. <laughs> she's got a lot of stories, and I'm sure she's telling a lot on Lawrence right now. That's fun stuff. Well, once again, we're so glad you're here today and to share in the life celebration of Sandra with Lawrence and his family. And uh, this is not a typical funeral service. This is a celebration, if you haven't noticed by now. And certainly, we are here to do a couple things. We are here to mourn with the family and to know that we're to uh, pay homage to Sandra, which we've done a very good job. You guys have done a great job talking about Sandra and such an awesome woman that she was and Lawrence. And, and so we do that. And then we also take the time to cry with the, with the family today. And it's okay to shed a tear, guys. I don't care how big a man you are. I don't care how many kids you've knocked down in the football field, Dylan. It's okay to shed a tear of a grandma. It's all right. It's good. You need to do that. And Alan and Wayne is your mother, and we love you guys, and we've loved her, and she did an awesome job putting the boundaries up, the guardrails. What a great way to put it, Alan. It was just a great, a great word picture for all of us and for all those special foster children that are here and not here, how much they've meant. And for the neighbors, I, I, I look at Marlo and how much she's meant to you, huh, Marlo? Yeah. And all the things, how the way she's reached out to your family and all those special things. And uh, so we're just really, really appreciative of the fact that Sandra was an awesome woman, and we're so glad that we're, you're all here to share that with us today. We're going to take the next few minutes, and we're going to talk about some things that Sandra really kind of marked her life and why it marked her life. And we're going to use a lot of Scripture today. Why? Because Sandra lived her life based on God's Word. Sandra didn't make things up. She didn't make up her life story she didn't make up her boundaries based upon Sandra's feelings or the societal norms because if she did, we'd be all messed up, even worse than we already are. She based her life on the Word of God. And so we're going to use Scripture today. And we know that God has Sandra today in His bosom. We know that Sandra is at home with the Lord. And we know that because of what Paul wrote in the, to, the, to the Corinthians as recorded in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I want to read this. It's going to be up on the screen so you can read with us here and just pay, read, read along so you know I'm telling you the truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, in a Living Bible translation, it says, For we know that when this tent we live in is now taken down, in other words, when we die and leave these bodies, we will have wonderful new bodies in heaven, homes that will be ours forevermore, made for us by God himself and not by human hands. How weary, weary we grow of our present bodies. That is why we look forward eagerly to the day when we shall have heavenly bodies that we shall put on like new clothes. This is what God has prepared for us, and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. Now we look forward with confidence to our heavenly bodies, realizing that every moment we spend in these earthly bodies is time spent away from our eternal home in heaven with Jesus. We know these things are true by believing, not by seeing. And we are not afraid but are quite content to die. For then we will be at home with the Lord. Amen. What a promise. What a promise. You know, I've been around Lawrence, and I was with around my mom and dad when they passed over the past few years. And, and, and a person that is confident of their faith in the Lord, they will always tell you they're not afraid to die. They may not like the process. <laughs> I, think we were, I, mean, I think we're all afraid of the process of dying. But the actual event itself, where we're going to go after we die, there's no fear there. There's no fear. 
And that's a good thing. And, and I think why we need to make this such a big deal, why we need to make funerals like this or remembrances like this a celebration is, is think of it this way. If you were a long-distance runner, anybody here run a marathon? No, me neither. <laughs> but if you were a long-distance runner, you can imagine what a long-distance runner feels like when they finally cross the finish line. After 26 point whatever miles, they are exhausted. And they just can't wait to get over the line. And what do people do with them when they cross the line? They celebrate. Have you ever heard anyone say, oh, man, I wish you'd go run another mile? Oh, I'm so sorry that your race is over. No, we celebrate with them because they finished the race. And that's exactly what we're doing right now with Sandra. She ran a good race. And now she is in the cross, the finish line, and we are celebrating with her the rewards that God has in store for her. Paul said this to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He said, I have fought the good fight. This is Paul right before, this is the last book, that the writing that Paul gave to Timothy, his spiritual son. And he's probably giving him some confidence as well and some comfort. He says, he says Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all those who have longed for his appearing. That's for us today. We're, we're of those that Paul is talking about. What does Jesus, what does God think of his saints passing away? What do you think God feels about this? Do you think God feels sorrow? Psalm 116, verse 15 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Precious in the sight of the Lord. So God is looking at Sandra as a precious servant, and he said, Sandra, I'm so glad you're home. I'm so glad you're home. Yeah. That's why we can sing songs of worship as we have today. And that's why we can have joy in our hearts, even in the midst of saying goodbye. is because we know Without a shadow of a doubt, there is not a doubt in anyone's mind. If anybody knew Sandra Bergman, there is not a doubt in your mind where she's at today. Why? Is it because Sandra was perfect? No, absolutely not. It wasn't about her perfection. It was about her forgiveness. It was about her relationship with this Lord. And I think that's so important. We must realize this because sometimes we get to funerals or, or, or memorial services and we want to make the person a saint. I don't know about you, but I've been in some services where after I'm into the service halfway, I think I'm in the wrong funeral because I don't know the person that they're talking about the way they're talking about them. And that, that's always a concern. But, you know, that's not the fact here. Sandra was what we're talking about, but that in itself is not why Sandra's in heaven. It's not because she was a good foster parent. It's not because she was a good mom. It's not because she made good snacks for us at church. It's not because of any of those things. That's not why she's there. We're going to talk a little bit later about exactly how she got there. But right now, recognize that Sandra is there because of Jesus Christ. It's not because of anything else. It's not because that she was just a good person. So we cannot look at it that way. Like, I can just be a good person and get to heaven. That's not the point, gang. That's not the point. Sandra knew what it was about to be forgiven. She knew what it was like to be repentant and to ask for forgiveness, and to know that she made some mistakes. And I'm sure she would tell you that she made a bunch of mistakes. And she probably would say, I had more faults and more flaws than any good thing in my life. But yet, but yet she knew enough 
because of God's word, to go to the word and trust in Jesus to forgive her of her sins. And because of that fact and that fact alone, she is in the throne room of heaven today. Amen? That's right. She applied God's word. Sandra would often, often say that it, the longest distance is at 18 inches from the head to the heart. She would say that to me and she would say, yeah, I, it's, it's one thing to know. And I think Wayne talked about it. It's one thing to know about God. We all know about God. I mean, you talk to the American, you, talk, you walk down any American street and ask about Jesus and everybody say, oh, I know who Jesus is. I, I know God. But does that make them a Christian? Knowing about God and knowing about Jesus, is it enough? Oh, no, that's where Sandra, with that, that 18 inches was such a long distance because getting it from the head into the heart where we can actually have a relationship with Jesus is a whole different thing. And that's what she focused on. She focused on the relationship. She loved to read. She was a reader. She would study God's word and she would talk a lot about it, but she figured it out. She loved the word revelation knowledge. She would get revelation knowledge by reading the word. And revelation knowledge is where you read the word and the Holy Spirit makes it jump off the page at you and all of a sudden it's in your heart. It got through your eyes and your head and your heart. That's revelation knowledge because the Holy Spirit makes it alive brings it and makes it new. And all of a sudden, you've read that verse in the, in the past and you maybe didn't see it this way and all of a sudden, revelation knowledge comes in and that distance is spanned and all of a sudden, boom, you got it. That's exactly what Sandra had in her life and that's what she loved to share. What was the fruit in Sandra's life? What was the fruit? Why can we say the things we say and so assuredly that she's in heaven today? Well, if you knew Sandra Bergman, you knew two things. Number one, she loved to worship her God, and she loved to study and apply the Bible in her life. Those two things. Now, who is this God she worshipped? Who was this God? Well, he was two things to her. First, he was her Savior. He was the Savior of her soul. The most important thing Sandra ever ever did was 30, 40 years ago, we don't know exactly, but Alan was in 10th grade or so, she gave her life to Jesus. She made a decision to make Jesus her Savior. The most important decision she ever made. Even more important than Mary and Lawrence. Can you believe that? The most important decision she made was accepting Jesus Christ as her Savior. That's the most important thing. Romans chapter 8 tells us in verse 14 that that moment that Sandra changed from an enemy of God into a child of God. There's a difference. Just because we know who Jesus is, that doesn't make you a child of God. You don't become a child of God until you accept Jesus Christ into your heart through a repentant, forgiven heart. And then you you move from an enemy of God into a child of God. And that's exactly what happened. And and, and we're told this in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you, you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by, we, and by him we cry, Abba. Abba, Father, is the most intimate way to say Daddy. Daddy, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are his children. And now if we are children and we are heirs, we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That puts us at the same level of Jesus when it comes to being in the family of God. She is a co-heir with Christ. She has every right to be in the throne room right now of God as Jesus does because she is a co-heir. She has all the rights that Jesus has. But that was only day one of her salvation. 
she, made, she then moved from being a Jesus as just a Savior. Now Jesus had to become her Lord. And this is really important because lordship signifies ownership. We often say it that he is our, our, our Lord and Savior, but we need to say it the other way around. He needs to be a Savior and then a Lord. We need to be saved first before he can become our Lord. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. This is the process of moving from Savior to Lord. That we have to continue to work out our salvation, not work for our salvation. No good works are going to work you to heaven. That's not the point. But once you're saved, now you work. Now you get busy. Now you do what the Lord calls you to do in your salvation and do the things that would earn your way or earn the rewards that would come to you in heaven after you're saved by the grace of God. You have to understand that. There is work to be done. That's why Sandra was so good with her hands. That's why she was so diligent with her baking and with her fostering and all the things that she did. She knew that to make Jesus her Lord, she now had to go to work. This is where Jesus became so much more to her than just someone she knew about. This is where he truly became the provider of all of her needs, the sustainer of her daily life, her source of strength, her joy, and her eternal hope for where she is today, her heavenly Father that loves her more than she could ever comprehend or imagine. He became that as she made him her Lord. We're here today to celebrate Sandra's life because the Savior Lordship process was real in her life today. Sandra grew up in her spiritual life. She matured physically and she, ma she matured spiritually. And those that watched Sandra in that process saw Sandra go from probably a woman that lived her own life because Sandra was a pretty strong-willed woman, wasn't she? She was not a pushover. I can only imagine what she was like before she was saved. I can only imagine how she would talk before she was saved. And we, whoever, I did not see that transformation. But for those here that are old enough that knew Sandra long enough, and give me a, raise your hand, how many knew Sandra before she was saved? How many knew her as a sister or a sibling? I got to tell you, she probably was tough, wasn't she? All right. <laughs> but anyway, she, pro, she grew up and she changed. And these are the things that had to happen in her life. For, so she had to... Um, change significantly. So some of you might have said, boy, Sandra Bergman, she is really radical. She is a Jesus freak. She is a Bible-centric weirdo. I mean, you could see that. Probably for some that see, see her make that change, you could really see a significant change in her life. But it had to happen. It had to happen because that's the change that was happening in her life as she was moving from Savior to Lordship, that there was a change. Sandra saw angels. Really? Do you believe that? Yeah, I really do. I really think that there were times when the Lord opened up her spiritual eyes and she could see what was happening around her. And I thank the Lord for that because it was an encouragement to me many times, a few times, 
she would say after a service, she goes, Mike, there were angels all around you today. You didn't see them. I said, no, Sandra, I didn't see them. I'm looking. But they're there. And she saw them. Wow. You know what? That's not radical. That's just a woman that loves Jesus. And he, Jesus opened up her eyes. I pray for the same thing in my life. She loved the Bible. She loved to study it. She loved to apply it. She loved to teach it. She was a great teacher of the word. She could dig in. And she could dig in because she was a reader. Let me ask you this morning, how many of us are reading your Bible on a daily basis? How many of you are studying it on a daily basis? How many of us are trying to apply it on a daily basis? Yeah, learn from her. Take the lesson that she gave and how to use this thing and make it a part of your life and make, it, make a difference in your life. There may be some changes required in your life that other people might have to see. That's okay. And that's exactly what needed to happen in the life of Sandra. She understood that her life was no longer her own. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, she understood this. Verse 19, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor your God with your bodies. Sandra told me, and I never saw her this way, but she said at one time she was rel relatively overweight. And that she really worked hard to get her body back into shape. She was on a treadmill every day. Quite often, I would get the phone calls as whoever, Dave maybe mentioned it. Um, she would be on a treadmill, and she's talking. Talk about multi-purposing or multitasking. She was very good at that. But she understood that she was no longer her own. She also knew that there were the things that used to attract her prior to her salvation that, didn't, that no, longer her, no longer attracted her. And she knew enough to be disciplined in that. She knew enough how to respect the discipline that comes through God's word. And with that, then, she could raise two boys. Two relatively tough boys, i got to imagine. I don't think Alan and Wayne were anything to push over either. But she did a good job, didn't she, Lawrence? Yeah, she did a good job. And so did you. So did you. Sandra understood and practiced the life of discipline. What is discipline? Proverbs chapter 11 Verse 3 says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Discipline is not a fun thing. Discipline is not something we look forward to, but it's something that's very important that we have in our life. And Sandra recognized that. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Sandra recognized that this God that loved her, loved her enough to discipline her. That's really important for us to recognize. It's really important for us to know that this God is such an encompassing, loving God that he goes all the way with his love. He goes all the way to the point of saying, I need to discipline you. And then we need to be humble enough to receive it. Did she like the discipline? No. Do you like discipline? No. We don't like it. It's not pleasant at the time, but it's painful. But the truth of God's word is such that we need to learn to love what God loves and to hate what God hates. And Sandra understood that. And she applied that. That's what having lordship is all about. Recognizing that God's love is more than just being that big, soft, cushy God that gives us everything we want. No, what, what 
really proves God's love is that he disciplines us and he gives us truth that we can live by. Sandra understood that living and worshiping God in her worship had to be in truth. If you had any conversations with Sandra, I think she would tell you the truth. I think she would love you enough to tell you the truth. And it wasn't what Sandra thought. She would go to God's word and she would tell you the truth. John chapter 4, verse 23. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers, which Sandra was, the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Amen. That's for us today too. It's for us today. Now I want to do what Sandra and Lawrence both asked me to do and let's talk about you for a few moments. We've talked about Sandra, most of the service, and Lawrence, and rightly so. But now they asked me specifically to make sure that we directed this into a message to talk about us today. You and I. Where are we at? I have a few questions that I want to ask. What are people going to say about you at your funeral? What evidence are you giving people for declaring your eternal destination? I've seen the t-shirt that reads, live your life now so the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. (laughs) What are they going to say about you? Are they going to be able to declare that you're in heaven without a shadow of a doubt? Are they going to be able to say the things about you that we've said about Sandra, knowing that clearly we know for sure where she's at because there was no question because she had evidence in her life. There was fruit off her life that people picked every day. Again, we're not talking about perfection. We're talking about holiness. We're talking about righteousness. We're talking about a woman that knew how to be forgiven, a a person that knew how to say, I'm sorry, and then live in truth. You see, if you walked up to an apple tree today and you picked an apple off that tree, took a bite of it, you would expect it to taste like an apple. You wouldn't expect it to taste like an orange. Many of us live our lives claiming to be an apple tree, but yet we have oranges. That's not the evidence that will get you into heaven. We need to know that our life has to be filled and has to be followed up with evidence. Evidence that people know without a shadow of a doubt. See, if today was your last day on earth, if this was your last breath, do you know for sure if your new and eternal home is in heaven? See, if it's not in heaven, it's in hell. It's that dreaded four-letter word that we don't talk about very often anymore. But you know, the reality is, if we believe in heaven, we must believe in hell. There is no in-between. There is no area of just eternal sleep where we're just going to go to sleep and be comfortable. This is a very serious time. This is a time that we take memorial services and funerals like this, and we really apply the truths of God's word in our heart so that we now know that when our day comes, because your day is coming, my day is coming, that they will be having a funeral for me and you. And I don't know about you, but I really want them to be as confident of my eternity as I am of Sandra's eternity. Do you? 
Let me take a few minutes and explain to you how a person can know and make Jesus their Savior. The Bible is very clear about the process. Every person needs to know that they are in need of Jesus. No matter how much money we have, no matter how successful we are in our businesses, no matter how many houses we have or how comfortable we are or how good-looking we are or any of these attributes that God blessed us with, we all must know that we are not good enough on our own to deserve anything but hell and eternal punishment. We must recognize that. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 says, As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. No exceptions. Romans 5.12, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. Do we know where we're at today? We all need Jesus. What is the consequence of the sin? Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The best we can do on this earth is to earn hell. The best we can do on our own is to earn the consequences of what that brings. There's nothing we can do to earn our way to heaven. Rather, it's the gift of eternal life that comes to one that Jesus would extend down through the blood of Christ that he shed in the blood. And now our job is simply to receive it. To receive the gift of salvation by simply saying, Jesus, I believe. I am sorry for my sin. Would you please forgive me? And would you please give me eternal life? I must receive the gift that he gives me or the gift has no value. I could have a million dollars sitting up here on this platform right here and it would go to waste if someone didn't come and take it. Amen? The same thing with salvation. Jesus provided salvation today and it goes to waste unless you take it and you apply it to your life and I apply it to my life as Sandra applied it to her life. Jesus paid the price by dying on the cross and being the sacrifice that brings men back into that relationship with God. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You see, God in his love provided a way for us and our sin to have a relationship with our Father, with the Father in heaven, and that is through the blood of Christ. And there's only one way to heaven. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No man's good works can ever get him to God. It's only through Jesus Christ. Now, how does this happen? Well, by accepting the very fact and recognizing that you are a sinner and that you need forgiveness and you say, Jesus, please forgive me. Romans 10 says in verse 9, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That is the day one salvation. That is the moment where you now become a child of God. And you do that instantly through that profession of faith. And you do it. It's your choice. No one can do it for you. This is the most important thing that you can ever do. This is that revelation knowledge that Sandra talked about, that 18 inches from the head to the heart. You get that down from your head. You know all about it. You, you've read it. You can read it. But how do I get it from here into here? You believe and you ask Jesus to forgive you. And then there comes the lordship part. Then there comes to living it out every day. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. There's nothing you can do to earn it. But let me tell you honestly, as Sandra would tell you, that it's going to cost you everything to maintain it. You must change your life style if you are not living for Jesus today. You cannot live like you were yesterday. If this is your day of salvation, you have to change from what you were yesterday to what you're going to become tomorrow and the next day after that. That is the process of lordship. That's the hard part. But I'll tell you right now, it is so, so worth it. Just ask Sandra. Ask her. If Sandra could say one thing right now, what she would say is Jesus. And you know what? The worst vile, the most vile, terrible sinner in the world is saying the same words on his lips as he's burning in hell. He's saying, just believe in Jesus. It doesn't make any difference where they're at right now, whether they're in the pit of hell or in the streets of heaven. One word is on their mind, and that's Jesus. Jesus. That's it. Where is he in your life today? Have you accepted him? Have you, has he made that transfer from the head to the heart? Jackie. I'm going to ask you to do some, something very important this afternoon. The next step is very important in your life today. I want to pray. Then we're going to talk a little bit more in a few minutes. Father, I just come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are who you are. I thank you, Lord, that your word is absolutely true. That there is nothing in your word that is not actually fact. And Lord, I'm so thankful that Sandra was a good example. And Lord, now I'm asking you to come, Holy Spirit, in this place right now. Bring your conviction, bring your love for all of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm going to just ask you a couple things this morning, because this is this afternoon, because this is the most important thing. You see, when Jesus called anybody, he called them publicly. Scripture is clear that if you're not willing to declare Jesus in your life, then he won't and cannot declare you in front of his Father in heaven. A public profession, profession of your faith and the living out of your faith is vitally important. Matthew chapter 10, 32 tells us, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Luke 12, 8 and 9 says, I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. 
The enemy will come and say, well, my faith is private. That's a lie. If your faith is private, if people don't know that you're a Christian, then you're not really a Christian. Because that's what Jesus said. You have to declare yourself a Christian in front of people and they must see it. Not that you just say it and then live the life you want to live. No, but you need to live the life of what it means to be a saved person who truly has made Jesus your Lord. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes with me this morning and bow your heads. And this is the most important question. This, the next five minutes could be the most important five minutes of your life. It could change your whole eternity. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or as your Savior and your Lord, if you don't know him, you might know of him, but if he hasn't made that transfer, that 18 inches from your head to your heart, this is the day that you can do that. So as your head is bowed and every eye is closed, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you want to receive Jesus as your Savior today? And if you do, and if you've never have, would you lift your hand to heaven right now and say, Jesus, see me, see me. I want to be, I want to be saved. I want to have that assurance. I will tell you that, I see the hand. I will tell you that Sandra did this. Every person that has ever entered to the gates of heaven had to do something right now what you're being asked to do if you have never done this this is the most important thing you need to do okay now let me other ask maybe there's here this morning that have done this in the past and maybe you've drifted away from Jesus a little bit and maybe you need to renew that relationship I'm going to ask you the same question would you lift your hand and say Jesus remember me I'm sorry Forgive me again. I need a new relationship. I see that hands. I see them. Amen. That's good. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you need Jesus. It just means you're honest enough to say, I need Jesus. Don't be embarrassed about this. Whoever publicly acknowledges me in front of others, Jesus says, I'll declare in front of my Father. But who disowns me now, I will not, I cannot say that in front of my Father. Amen. 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 For those this morning that have made a proclamation, I have something for you. I have a little booklet I'd like to give to you. It's called a New Believer's Handbook. I'd like to give this to anyone that would like to see this. I also have scriptures. If you'd like scriptures, I have more scriptures to give to you after the service. It's important that we follow through with this. Let's pray. And let's just ask Jesus to complete the work now in Jesus' name. If you would, repeat this prayer with me. If you feel this is something you want to commit to your heart to the Lord today. Jesus, I come to you in your name. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you for being my Savior. And now I'm going to make you my Lord. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean today. Receive me into the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? We'll sing this last song that Jackie's got, and then we'll be done today. Let's just worship the Lord one more time. In Jesus' name.
Father, we thank you for this day now. And Lord Jesus, we just worship your name. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for how powerful that name is. And we declare you to be Lord and King of our lives today. Lord, receive Sandra into, this, into the kingdom today. And, and just, I know that she's celebrating, and so are we. And we bless your name and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, would you stay and just come next door? There's lots of food prepared. Be with the family. Just come and give Lawrence and the kids a hug and just spend some time. Thank you.